0: Another edition of Swoop World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. another edition of Swoops World Late Night. It is December 21st, 2016. Uh, looking forward to a big night tonight. We have Bob Case to be calling in and be talking about Bob and uh, Johnny Tapia, uh, who's just been inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame, who Bob managed for a number of years. And uh, of course, we have the five-time national champion Anthony Davis who will be joining us too uh, tonight. So we're looking forward to talking to both of them about a variety of topics, a variety of subjects. It's always uh, always fun to have them both on and and uh, see what's going on in the world. I know AD's got some some questions about these this bowl series and this um, uh, you know the national championship race in the NCAA football. So we'll be able to chance to chat with him about all that. So uh, we're looking forward to looking forward to that. And uh, anything else that pops up might even open up the phone lines if we get a chance. But uh, we're going to take our first break. You're listening to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network, sponsored by HealthyNewDay.com, and uh, we'll be getting Bob on the line in just a few minutes.
2: Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. At six, I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. At six, I make his breakfast. At seven, I shower. Every day I wake up for at five. For
0: those caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
3: Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. if you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you.
2: public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council.
3: Look for a little ride. Now you can share the topics that drive the
4: discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. we got to talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio.
3: That's what I call real drive.
0: Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. I'm in the car next to you on the highway. I sit in front of you on the bus. I'm one out of every six Americans, and I'm struggling with hunger. This isn't an uncontrollable epidemic. There's enough food in this country to feed every hungry person. please. Visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank.
2: Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for those around you, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
1: You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network.
2: Hey, there's a sharp ball on the wall, and you're listening to this world. (laughs)
0: And welcome back to on Talks Talks Radio Network. And uh, just a few minutes away, well, actually, about a minute away from talking to Bob Case. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's going to be actually there. He is right there, right on time. i would like to welcome back to the show our good friend, uh, a pre- Vice President of the International Boxing Association. He's done so many other things in the in his lifetime, and, and it's always a pleasure to talk to him. Bob Case, how you doing, Bob? I'm
4: doing great, Keith. How you been, buddy?
0: Doing great, man. It's always always a pleasure to have a chance to chat with you and. And especially when there's so many uh, something really, really special to talk about, and I'm not going to hesitate. We're going to jump right into it. You, you were Johnny as uh, business manager for a number of years, and uh, he was just inducted into the uh, Boxing Hall of Fame.
4: Yes, uh, Keith, I've been, you know, walking. It was I think it was de- uh, December 6th. They had a press conference in Canastota, New York, and announced. Evander Holyfield, Johnny Tapia, and Marco Antonio Barrera as first ballot inductees, which, you know, I used to always tell Johnny, you'll be in the Hall of Fame. But, I mean, to make it on the first ballot, you have to be retired five years out of the sport. And this was the first time he and Evander Holyfield came up on the ballot, and bang, they're in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, with all the things that happened in Johnny's life, I mean, he's had a very colorful life tragedy, uh, great things happened, you know, he had so many wonderful things to focus on I I, I talked to his widow Teresa the other day, they're making a new documentary on him, they had one on HBO, it was an hour documentary about a year ago that they filmed many times, but a lot of people weren't happy with it because they said it only showed the dark side of Johnny's life and he had so many uh, wonderful bright sides I used to say he was like kind of like Tinkerbell going around with a magic wand, he'd sprinkle, you know Pixie dust everywhere he went. He'd light up a room, and he was so full of joy. And for all the sadness he had in his life, and I've always said, you know, my background, Keith. I've worked with numerous Hall of Fame baseball players and athletes and football players, and over the years, and I've never worked with an athlete. In fact, Jim Rome had him on uh, his uh, uh, TV show a couple times, and uh, and he said, Jim Rome said on the show, he said, Johnny, all the athletes I've ever interviewed. And, he, and he'd interviewed everybody in sport. He said, "Your story's the most amazing." And it really was. And I was proud. I told his wife, Teresa the other day, how proud I was to be affiliated with him, you know, and yeah. Teresa managed him. you know, I was like an advisor to him for over ten years, and I'm the one that and Teresa gave me credit for it in this book she wrote, which i she sent me the copy, and I was thrilled it that I was the one that told her to manage Johnny, you know, because she, and she was the first woman manager, a wife of a world champion fighter to ever manage uh, a champion fighter. Jackie Kalen managed uh, James, Tony, and Thomas at Mount Hearns, but, Teresa was the first wife of a fighter that managed him, and she dealt with Don King, Bob Arum, you know, Frank Warren in England and every top promoter that you can think of, the Goosens and everybody, and she handled herself unbelievable. So wow. she, was a, she was a joy for Johnny, too, you know. And as I told Teresa the other day, I said, Johnny, when, he, when he, she'll be there accepting his award in Canastota, and it, it's like she, I look at them as one. I've always looked at Teresa and Johnny as one, you know what I mean, because he could have never made it without Her love, support, she was a a lover, a a mother, a counselor, a best friend. She was everything to Johnny, and uh, he couldn't have made it without her. And, you know, I'm just, like I say, I was so wonderful to be with him, and I've been so happy. I feel almost like I made the Hall of Fame,
1: you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Tell me about, you know, one one of the things is, uh, you know, people who are really, who enjoy the sport of sport of boxing but aren't real boxing fans, so they know the names like uh, Holofield and, and and Hearns and and uh, you know Tyson and such. Um, a lot of people don't know the name Johnny Tapia unless they're true fans of the sport. Uh, tell tell those who are kind of uh, like boxing but don't know the name a little about you know his road and, and the types of fights he fought and uh, how many championship fights he fought and things like that.
4: Yeah, I'd be happy to, Keith. Johnny, uh, uh, when he was seven years old, his mother was stabbed 29 times with an ice pick, raped and murdered. His father, he never knew. And uh, he was killed before Johnny was born. And they had something on the Internet a few years ago about another father. Well, Teresa said it wasn't the father. So they were trying to take credit as Johnny's father, is what I heard. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, they took a... DNA thing, and it wasn't Johnny's father. But anyway, the bottom line is, there's a lot of turmoil there. And the people that raised Johnny were heroin addicts, and they would take, send him out when he was nine years old to steal syringes, and he'd, they'd sit and watch him. He'd watch them shoot up. This is how he was raised. And, you know, he would, they would put him in cockfights when he was nine years old with 15-year-old kids, wow. and they would bet on him like, like cockfighting. And if he would lose, they would lock him in a closet for 24 hours. And, uh, and and pour hot coffee on his head. You know, I mean, if I if 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 people really knew what this kid went through, no wonder he was a gang banger. No wonder he you know he was like you know in, incarcerated a lot so many times. But his heart and soul was beautiful, and that's what I loved about him. He was as intelligent. You talk about natural. Now, Keith, this kid Johnny couldn't. I think I've said this before. He he had he only went to school up until I don't know what grade it was, but. He had a hard time reading and writing, but I mean, people like a girl come up and say, "Will you sign my picture?" And Johnny would say, "He knew how to write." God bless you, Johnny Tappy And he'd say, "What's your name?" And she say, "Gloria." And he'd whisper to me, "Hey, Bopper." He called me Bopper. Hey, Bopper, how do I spell Gloria? And, I, and not to embarrass him, I'd whisper G O L O R I A. And he'd write. And but Johnny was—he was the kind of guy. I was telling some media people to called me last week. He would go in. He was a people's champion. He yeah. would go in. He would go in like we'd go to Johnny Rockets out here in uh, Agura. And the Mexican chefs in the back, they all went nuts, and they heard Johnny Tappy was in there eating. He would go back in the, where they're cooking and take pictures with them and talk to them. And, and he was just, uh, you know, he never uh, acted like a jerk to anybody. He was great. You know, the kid won. I'm so proud of him. He won five world titles, and uh, he he, he won in four different weight classes, junior bantamweight, bantamweight, uh, junior featherweight, and featherweight. And he was voted uh, by Ring Magazine as the number one Bantam, junior bantamweight in the history of boxing. So uh, the bottom line is he had a fantastic career, and he won. He, his record was 59-5. and five, wow. And uh, two of the fights were bogus decisions to Pauly Ayala, which even the media called. And here's the amazing thing about his record. His record, in war, he had 20 world title fights. Of the 20 world title fights, he won 19. The only one he lost was a corrupt decision to Palaella, which the media called bogus. So, in other words, when the money was on the line, you know, Johnny used to have fun in the ring. If he didn't respect an opponent, he'd let him hit him him in the face, let his nose bleed, he'd lick his blood, frolic around with the fans, have fun, laugh. But if he respected an opponent, he would never get hit. He was that great an athlete. He would never get hit. You know, I mean, I, I know guys who were in a joint with him, and they say he was the he's five seven, John. He was the best basketball player in prisons.
1: You know? <laughs> and
4: uh, I mean, the guy was an amazing athlete. You know, he's just amazing, and but more important, a beautiful heart, a beautiful soul. He's. I, I think I told you this one time. I was on a flight with him, and, and we were both sleeping. And, one, and I don't think I've thought about this since he died. I, I think I said this on your program one of the times we talked about him. I said, he tapped me on the shoulder, and he, we were both sleeping. He says, "Bopper, am I a bad guy?" And I said no, Johnny, you're a good guy. You're just a product of your environment. And he smiled, and he said, thanks, Bopper, and went back. You know how many times I've thought about that since he passed away in 2012? Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, you know, because he wasn't a bad guy. He was a great guy. If you'd been raised in Westlake Village or Malibu, or you could have been a doctor or a lawyer, he's just a product of his environment, you know, just yeah. a product. I mean, to, to do what he did, you know, he used to always say, it's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how you pick yourself up. You know how many times you told me that? And it, and it's, this kid... You know, never stopped. He always picked himself up. He battled drugs and everything. And these newspaper reporters would come to me and say, Oh, he's a drug addict. And I'd say, F you. I'd say, Drug addict? I said, Thank God he had drugs in his childhood. Or most teenage suicides are kids that can't deal with the shit that's been put in front of them and they blow their brains out. Johnny at least anesthetized himself for many years on drugs. The, I mean, how, how, I've never heard of anybody. Have you ever heard anybody been through something like that?
0: No, that's horrible. Who, how, who, who led him into uh, the, the sport? I mean, I, I know you said they used to they mistreat him, but how did he get into the professional uh, race well,
1: his,
4: his grandfather, um, who he was actually estranged from, he lived in his grandfather's house with about 13 other kids. When his mother passed away, and his grandfather was a former amateur fighter, and he got Johnny to, you know, took him to the gym and actually got him into boxing, you know, and Johnny was just, and Johnny fought one of the best amateur fighting records in the history of New Mexico. He went to uh, Russia with Mike Tyson. They were both born in 1967, and they, they uh, Tyson loves Johnny. I mean, they fought together in the amateurs, and you, Tyson said some of the most beautiful things about Johnny, you know, at different times, and we have so many clips of nice things, and t- Tyson used to train in Johnny's uh, garage in Las Vegas when he, He'd want to get away from the media. Johnny had a gym in his garage, and Mike would come over and train over there. And you know, they would, and just they had a great bond between the two of them because they both had tragic childhoods. You yeah. know, so uh, it's like, and, and don't think Mike Tyson doesn't know what Johnny went through. You know, because he'd been through similar stuff himself. You know, so they understood each other, and they they both battled their demons, but both of them. Are good people, you know. It's like it's like peeling the uh, artichoke leaves off an artichoke, and you get down, you get all the leaves off, and you get to the heart of the artichoke. Right. And those those guys, once you got the leaves off, they had beautiful hearts, you know. And uh, and most fighters do, you know. Most fighters don't get into boxing like you like we've said on here before because they didn't make the lacrosse team. You
1: know? So. Uh, <laughs> I love
0: that. Line. No, that's not, that always cracks Yeah,
4: <laughs> but I mean, uh, the bottom line is, um, you know, it is what it is, and it's uh, <clears throat> it's still fun. You know, but I am just so happy because, you know, I told this one reporter, I said, look, everything in Johnny's life was stripped from him. His childhood was stripped from him. His his uh, his mother was stripped from him. His father was stripped from him. You know, his his own life was stripped from him at 48 years old. You know, so it's like they can't strip this from him. Yeah. He's in the Hall of Fame. When I'm long gone. When we're all out of here, he'll still be in there with Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier and, you know all all the Brocky Marciano and Jack Dempsey and Johnny Tapia's name is and Bust will be right in there. So it's like uh, it's one of the happiest days of my life to see him make that. And I feel so blessed and fortunate to be with him and Teresa for over 10 years. You know, so I'm just yeah. uh, blessed.
0: Who, uh, who 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 did he train with the majority of his pro career? I mean, what, I know he he was probably with one of the top uh, man, managers, uh, boxing trainers. Who did he spend a lot of his time with?
4: Well, he had... Uh, Johnny had a unique... Johnny had a, had a lot of different trainers, and we used to joke and say Teresa could have trained Johnny, and he would have still won all these world titles. You know what I mean? In other words, this guy was just a natural fighter. I mean, you and I could have trained him, Keith. I'm telling you. Yeah. In other words, you just... But he had Freddie Roach, who he won a world title with. He had Jesse Reed, who was a great trainer. He had uh, Buddy McGirt, who was the next world champion fighter as a trainer. He had... Uh, you know, uh, Eddie Futch the great Eddie Futch trained him for the Danny Romero fight in 1997 uh, you know, I mean, I mean, there was just a whole bunch of, all oh, really good trainers probably, there's a lot of them I'm forgetting, but he had Tommy Morrison's trainer, I can't remember his name now, but he had Miguel Diaz, a top-ranked trainer who's trained a lot of great fighters and everything, He was from Argentina, but he, Johnny, he, he, he just had a lot of trainers, you know, he, but Freddie Roach was probably his favorite trainer, I would say and Jesse Reed, who we want to World title with Jesse Reed trained uh, Orlando Canizales and quite a few great fighters and he's Jesse's a great trainer. Wow. And uh, but um, the bottom line is you know it's uh, Johnny was just a born fighter and he loved the sport and Teresa always said I worry less about Johnny when he's in the ring than any other time of his life. Yeah. And you know she was uh, it was just he was happy he loved boxing and it, you know he got a lot of enjoyment out of it. Look at the the pride he brought his family. Johnny has so many. This is what I'm happy for with this Hall of Fame. He's got millions of fans. I remember he went to, uh, I think it was Paris, and he called me from Paris, and he says, Hey, Bopper, they're asking me for my autograph. They know who I am. (laughs) He he couldn't believe that they see boxing on the Internet. You know, Showtime and HBO, that goes all over the world. So he, he didn't realize that he could walk down the street in Paris or London and people would recognize him. You know what I mean? He was shocked. He was dumbfounded, you know. But uh, and Johnny was, you know, he had. You know, I, I think I've said this before. His funeral in Albuquerque was the largest funeral in the state of New Mexico history. They had close to eight thousand people, and they turned away people at the pit in Albuquerque for his funeral. So uh, it's just people love you. Know, you know, you know. I've been to Super Bowls. I've been to Rose Bowls. I've been to World Series. I've been to NBA championships. I've been to Stanley Cup championships. I've always said i have had the honor of walking johnny in the ring many times for world title fights and there's nothing like his fans yeah nothing like his fans screaming and you, you, you it's almost like you're on the clouds above the earth when you're just walking in you know the, that you just you've never heard anything like it they love johnny i mean he just people he had that that magnetic i used to say when he'd walk in a room the lights would blink you know, he just had that appeal. I had Mickey Rooney when I was managing Mickey Rooney. I had Mickey walk in a couple times in the ring, and Mickey loved Johnny. He adored him. You know, he wore Mickey Rooney wore Johnny Tapia gear and hats and T-shirts, and he loved Johnny. But uh, he, in fact, he did one fight with him down at the Forum when Johnny fought uh, Kennedy McKinney at the Forum, and uh, it was, uh, you know, Mickey. Mickey loved Johnny. But you know he's just a battler, and you know you see you see somebody overcome what he overcame in his life and, and achieve. I look at Johnny's life as as a victory dance, not a not. I don't look at it as failure. I look at his life should be celebrated, and that's why I'm so glad about this Hall of Fame, and I'm a, I'm thrilled I'm here to see it. You know what yeah. I mean? In other words, uh, James Tony's a friend of mine, and I always say James lights out Tony. I said I used to always call him First Ballot. You know you. 15 20 years i said will you retire because it takes five years i
1: said
4: said, i'll be either pissing on a bottle or dead when you make the hall of fame so i said will you will you retire so i can see you go in the hall of fame He always laughs. see james a great guy but but you know i'm just blessed that i'm and uh called me the other day and says you better be there so i will be in canastota on june 11th 2017 it'll be a great it's like a four-day thing they go Thursday, Friday, Saturday,
0: Sunday. That's got to be a a great uh, experience. You know, I know, Bob, that you you have a number of friends uh, that you have seen uh, or or have seen get elected to or uh, know of personally, Um, may have gone in before you met them, but they belong to halls of fame. I know you know people in the football hall of fame. I know you know people in baseball hall of fame. Uh, and Johnny going into the uh, boxing Hall of Fame, and I know it's a, a very very special uh, um, award for anybody. But uh, it sounds like you were really close to Johnny. Uh, is this is this one of the special ones? about all, the, all the other people you know that are in all these other halls of fame.
4: Yeah, well, I've you know, as you know, I mean, you've had some of my Hall of Fame football friends on your te- on your show, you know, yeah. and and, uh, and Maury Wills will be in the Hall of Fame. But it's like. There, there's, I know, tons of them. You know, I've worked with tons of them. But let me just tell you this: I don't know anybody, like Jim robe said on on his show, I don't know anybody that has overcome what Johnny Tapia overcame to be in the Hall of Fame. In other words, I would say I have more respect for him than any other athlete I've ever been around, mm. and and I really mean that from the bottom of my heart because I know what he had to battle and what he had to overcome. You know, he's pronounced dead four times with drug overdoses, you know. And, you know, uh, one time I went up there to Vegas to see him, and he was all wired up, and Teresa says, go and say goodbye to Johnny, Bob. I had to drive from Oakland. it was at an Oakland Raider game, and I, when I heard he overdosed. I, the news media was calling me, 50 phone calls. So I drove straight from Oakland to Vegas, and I, I walked in the room thinking he was dead. I was c- crying all the way up to Las Vegas. Yeah. I get in the room, and he opens his eyes. He says, hey, Bopper, can you get me an in and out <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable
0: unbelievable wow you know it, it, it's we we hear these stories of, of people and and then you know the, like you said the, I, I did see the other special and it did focus a lot on on the, on the, the downtime and the, and the tragic um, experience that he went through um, but like you said you know that he he was able to overcome a lot of that and and, and, and multiple times over different absolutely periods of his I mean, life
4: that's what that's what I mean, this is what his his motto was on life. It's not how many times you get knocked down. It's how you pick yourself up. I mean, think about that. Think about how many people we know, whether it's in business, whether it's, in, you know, like a health problem, whatever it might be. Think how many times people get knocked down. Some people just want to give up. Some people don't. You know, Johnny was a fighter. He was a fighter. He taught me that, I, you know, I... I got a 96 year old mother that's house burned down, and and you know, and she's you know lost everything she had, and it's like I told her today. I said, Mom, I'm so proud of you. You're a fighter. You know what I mean? You're a fighter, and I love to see people with grit and fight in them. You know, Casey Stengel was a fighter. You know, he was just a fighter, and Johnny Tapia, you know, he wasn't afraid of the devil himself. I'm telling you, I've have seen him. I, I I could tell you so many stories. I, I got one funny story I got to tell you. You're gonna you're gonna love this one. You got time for a quick story? We
0: always got time, Bob.
4: Okay, this, I was talking to Teresa about it the other day, and we were laughing. We were we were reflecting on so many stories, but this one is really funny. Johnny uh, was doing a color commentating for ESPN uh, boxing on down in, in uh, Palm Springs. It was an Indian casino down there. So he called me up and said, Hey, Bopper, come on down. I'm doing color commentating. Let's go out to dinner after the fight. I'm in Palm Springs. I said, Yeah, I'll come down. I said, Now, my brother-in-law was visiting from Sweden, from Stockholm, Sweden. Uh-huh. And he had watched all Johnny's fights from Sweden. He, he said, You're going? He said, Do you think I can meet Johnny? I said, Yeah, come on down with me. His name was Ronnie. And uh, so I, I said, Johnny, can I bring my brother-in-law? Yeah, bring him down. So this is the first time he's ever met Johnny Tapia, right? So after the fight's over, we we parked in valet parking and we're walking out and Johnny says hey uh, Teresa do you want a yogurt and she says yeah give me a vanilla yogurt and he pops do you want a yogurt and I said no and he Ronnie we'll see you at valet parking we're gonna get the car and he says okay so he goes to get the yogurt we're standing in valet parking in this place and there's a guy a big guy a Hispanic guy next to me maybe six one uh, and he's on the cell phone saying that's stupid the C word, yeah. you know, stupid this used to, the worst language you could use. So I'm sitting there with Johnny's wife, and I tapped him on the shoulder. And I said, hey, buddy, there's a lady standing here. Will you knock off this crap? I said, there's a lady sitting here. And so he looked at me kind of funny, and he kept doing it. And I, knocked, I went up to him again and tapped him on the shoulder, and I said, I'm telling you to shut up. So he, he quit talking like that. Now, fast forward about three minutes later, a, a, a SUV comes up, and a guy gets out of the shotgun in the SUV. The guy that was talking on the phone is driving the SUV, and his buddy's about six four and a black leather jacket. I'll never forget it. And he gets out and he says, "Hey, buddy, you got a problem to me?" <laughs> and I'm sitting there with Teresa and my brother-in-law. Yeah. Uh, and I said, "Yeah, I got a problem." And I was walking. I was I was really pissed off. I was walking over to get in the guy's face, and it was like Superman out of a phone booth, out of nowhere. As I walk up to the guy. Johnny flew out of nowhere, knocked the guy out, went around to the guy sitting shotgun in the car who was at the driver's thing, decked him, broke his jaw, his head slumped over, and we had police all over us. You know, these cops down there ride uh, uh, bicycles
1: uh-huh. with Bermuda
4: shorts on. They handcuffed us and everything, and. Uh, And uh, the guys, the guys, the the big guys on the ground, and they press charges against us. And I said, officer, I said, are you married? And he goes, I'm in in handcuffs. And he goes, yes, I am. I said, what would you do if you were somebody using the C word around your your wife? He said, I would. And then he says to Teresa, did he say that in front of you? And he said, and Teresa, as smart as she was, says, yeah, that's after that, he pushed me, and the officer said, "What?" <laughs>
1: and,
4: and, and, and so you don't think Teresa's been through this before? So the, so the, so the officer says, "What?" And, and so we said, "We're pressing charges against them." So listen to this: we press charges against them, and they let us go. So I flipped this guy there, this guard there, a hundred bucks, and they had a they had a tape up there, you know, those things taping the whole thing.
1: Yeah.
4: I gave him a hundred bucks, and he destroyed the tape. We got out of there. And I'm telling you, we went out to dinner, and we my brother-in-law was in shock. He finally got to meet, he finally got to meet Johnny Tapia, and he was shaking. He was, he was laughing. He was like he was, he'd was he never seen anything like this, you know. And this is just an average day in the life. You know what I mean? The life of time. It was just a, another day. And uh, we, we went out to some steakhouse in Palm Springs, and we must have laughed for five hours. I mean, just unbelievable. But that's oh, yeah. just one of hundreds of stories like that. You know what I mean? Just unbelievable.
0: That is, um, uh, that's just a crazy story, man.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, Teresa, Teresa, I mean, she, she's she been through so many things. You could you could go on for 12 hours telling stories. Now, you know, she, we, for, we, we, she, she and I talked on the phone for probably two hours that are just laughing, just laughing. Yeah, I mean, isn't that great when somebody's not here anymore and they give you that much laughter, you know, and, and uh, you yeah, know, just, and, and Johnny, believe me, he was the night, nice, if you, if you said a, a foul word around a woman, he was one of those kind of guys because of what happened to his mother. Yeah. He was go nuts man he would, he would he would pull out a chair for a woman open doors for he was a, the most he's the kind of guy you'd want your daughter to go out with he was a total gentleman you know what I mean yeah and I've often said he's one of the few athletes I ever saw in my life that did not mess around on his wife I mean and you know what the you know what it's like in the sports world this guy was like he may have had a drug problem and everything but he loved his wife and he he I saw women pull out their breasts one and autograph their breasts. You know, these, and these, they were mobbing him. Yeah. He, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. He said, "We're up in it was in, I think it was nineteen. It was when he fought Marco Antonio Barrera at the Mandalay Bay. It was right before Halloween, and seven women dressed up in cats. These gorgeous women are dressed up for Halloween cats came up. Can we get our picture with you? Can we get our picture with you? Well, this one, it was just me, Johnny, and his bodyguard and a couple of the other entourage." And this one woman was all over him. And the bodyguard says to Johnny, well, this is a street thug. Yeah. He says, Johnny, that girl, that girl really wants you. And Johnny said to him, and this, this, I mean, he, I learned from him, Keith, the guy was so smart. He said, "He said without missing a beat, he goes, that's 15 minutes of fame. I'm working on a 12-minute marriage, a 12-year marriage.
1: <laughs> I went, holy shit. This is a street
4: kid from Albuquerque. That's 15 minutes of fame. I'm working on a 12-year marriage. I went, holy I mean this guy he said so many things that I learned so he was such a I mean he had so many good qualities about him yeah. that I admired him for you know because uh, you know I wasn't you know at his age I don't know if I could have been doing that kind of stuff like he was you know good stuff
1: you know
0: Yeah. so it's like wow well that's 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 uh you know it's he's he went a long way to get to the Hall of Fame and and uh, you, you have you have some great memories uh, that you can you will, you'll you'll always cherish And uh, it's great to see that this, uh, you know, he gets inducted while while you're still around to see it.
4: Well, thank you, Keith, and thank you for remembering him. You know, it's very kind of you to even let me reminisce about him and let people hear about him. You know, but he's, um, you know, it's just another blessing in my life. We've all been blessed, Keith, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah,
0: we've all been blessed. That's it's 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 wonderful. And I and I know I, I know that I uh, you know, you've shown me some some things that uh, he he given you over the years and stuff like that and it's just it's great to see you know, see things like this when you you know you see these you see people and you see you see them perform at their best and uh and then, then leave us before all the accolades are, are, are still you know, still coming their way and it's great to see somebody make it to the Hall of Fame. Just like we were talking last week about uh you know, I had Maury Wills on uh, and I know he's a friend of yours, and we talked about him a couple weeks ago. And, you know, we'd like to see him get into the Hall of Fame uh, while, he, while he's still around to see it, you know? Absolutely. He should have been in 15 years
4: ago. Yeah. And he's so humble, he would never, you know, push to get himself in the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
4: Uh, and yeah. I always it's like Pete Rose is a friend of mine. me. I said, I said, he's always complaining about not getting in the Hall of Fame. I said, Pete, you don't need the Hall of Fame. They need you to validate that they're a Hall of Fame. I said, you've got more hits than anybody in the history of baseball. You never took steroids. You never cheated on the field. Why would you not be in the Hall of Fame? You broke Ty Cobb's all-time record. You have more hits. You, you started an all-star team at five. Now, think about this one, Keith. He's, he played in probably 20-something all-star games, but he started. This will never be broken ever in my lifetime or your lifetime. He started the all-star game at five different positions. Wow. Imagine that. It's one thing to even play in the All Star game, but imagine starting at five. He started at first base, second base, third base, right field, and left field. So it's unheard of. It's absolutely unheard of.
0: Yeah. So uh, you there know, was that, a reason they called him Charlie Hustle, too. I'm telling absolutely. you, that guy went, yeah. went all out every time he was on the field. Absolutely correct. I remember, I remember him taking somebody out in the All Star game, man. He, he yeah, Ray Fossey.
4: He <laughs> knocked Ray Fossey on his back <laughs> and uh, sliding into home and all. Uh, that's the way Pete was, you know. He was just all baseball, you know. Yeah. I and mean, Al the Bull Ferrars said, Bob, he played with everybody, Al, and he said he's the only guy I'd pay to see play. You know, he was just, uh, he loved baseball, you know. Uh, number one, and I think gambling is probably number two. But I love
0: baseball. <laughs> but you he know, the, the interesting thing—I watched the special that he was on. Uh, he he did a reality show for a little bit. And when he talks baseball, I mean, you could just see him light up. He he knows that sport. He lives that sport. Uh, you know, P, kids could learn from guys like that uh, all day all day long. I mean, he
4: just—I got speaking of P Rose, I got another funny story for you. This will take one minute. Johnny Tapia was fighting Jorge Julio in Las Vegas. It was on Showtime, and no, it was in Albuquerque, and it was on Showtime, and for his fourth world title. Now Jim Gray, this announcer, which we can't stand, was in, was at the All-Star game, and he went up to Pete Rose, and when they're honoring Pete Rose, it's one of the first times that he said sucker punched him and said, "Did you bet on baseball on a national broadcast?" And everybody was furious that he said that to Pete Rose. Did you bet on baseball? Instead of saying congratulations, Pete. So we, I told Johnny before the fight, it's on. It's on you can, if you ever get the fight, it's on Showtime. Uh, Jorge Julio, you'll see it. I'm standing right behind Johnny in the ring, and I said, Johnny, if this jerk comes up to interview you after you win the world title, you're going to say you owe Pete Rose an apology. So Jim Gray comes up to Johnny, and says. Congratulations for your fourth world title, and Johnny says, "You owe Pete Rose an apology." <laughs> and uh, and, and this, this Jim Gray didn't know what to say. He was speechless. He was totally speechless. And, and uh, it's on. It's on. It's documented on television. So, you can, and I'm I'm behind Johnny laughing. You know, I'm laughing my head off. So then he 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 was fumbled. He didn't know what to say. He goes to Freddie Roach, the trainer, and says. You, I, that was run, run. and And Freddie says, don't tell me about it. Go on and tell Johnny about it. <laughs> and they're taking Johnny's hand wraps off in the, in the locker room after the fight, and Jim Gray comes up to him and Johnny, let him have it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> but that was hilarious. Uh-oh. This is another story. See, I'm telling you, there's always stories. If Johnny was on P. Rose's radio show. He used to do a radio show, you know, and he, had, he had, Pete had him on there a bunch of times. So they were
0: pretty good friends. That's that's hilarious. <laughs> and let's switch gears for just a bit yeah, while we still have time, and then let's talk about our Trojans, man.
4: Yeah, they're... they're. I'm so excited, Keith. I just can't wait. I, uh, my guy Brian Kennedy told me the other day he got me some tickets for the Rose Bowl, so I'm, I can't wait to go, and uh, it's just... Uh, I think they're going to blow... Um, they're in a big dispute now. I guess SC wanted to wear red in the Rose Bowl, and the team that's rated the highest can pick the jerseys. And they, the Franklin, the coach at Penn State, would not let us see where Red because he said that would be giving him a home-field advantage. So I guess Lynn Swan, I heard yesterday, uh, contacted the athletic director at uh, Penn State, trying to get him. And, you know, you you look at what happened at SC and what happened at Penn State. Uh, You know, you and I have talked about that before. They had a a guy there, an assistant coach, that was uh, having sexual affairs with 10, 12-year-old boys and for a 10 or 12-year period and everybody in the place knew about it and they covered it up. And what happens? They gave all their uh, victories back to him. they, they, they uh, Joe Paterno's got his wins back. And you tell me he didn't know what was going on? Are you kidding me? And, and SC gets the death penalty for having Reggie Bush's stepfather, who's not even married to his mother now, in San Diego two hundred and something miles away from campus, take some money from an agent and they and Reggie didn't even know about it and they take his Heisman trophy away and do all that stuff. I mean it's just, it's just unbelievable what SC had to go through for the last ten years. You know, they would have been and and, and people don't they didn't like the success they were having, you know? The athletic director, I mean the, the NCAA president was a former athletic director at the University of Miami. So he was po that SC was having all this success. So he gave them the death penalty, and, and that's after letting the guy at Miami Shapiro, one of their alumnus,es was taking players out and getting them laid on yachts, getting abortions.
0: Oh, for them, all and, kinds of crazy stuff. You giving watched? them
4: cash, yeah. doing, doing this, doing that, taking them to bars, taking them here to. So you know, it's it's, it's it's as we know, Keith, everything is corrupt. Whether it's politics, whether it's you know, you know, everything. Uh, look at our our ex sheriff, this Baca guy. You know, I mean, you you look at all these things, you go, holy shit, you know, what's going on, you know.
0: And you know the thing is, you know, with with the penalty that SC had, and 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 I think with with different leadership, they would have fought that. Are um,
4: you kidding? <laughs> that guy was like, uh, you know, the biggest blimp dick in the history of athletic directors. You know, the guy was a complete, uh, a complete, uh, you know, a complete wacko. I mean, he didn't do. He had no guts. No. No, uh, he let everything, he let them dictate what to do, and he cost the university millions of dollars. Yeah. And he still cost them, you know, still cost them. They're still paying for his, some of his decisions. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is I'm just glad he's out of there.
0: Oh, absolutely.
4: I mean, it's like uh, somebody said, what do you think that Lynn Swan will do? I said, I don't care who you put in there. They can't be any worse. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter who. It doesn't. You could get... Curly, Moe or the Three Stooges, and put them in there. They would do a better job. You know, it's just a better job. And and besides, Curly and the Three Stooges, they're not arrogant. You know, it's it's one thing to be arrogant if you're smart. You know, but if you're dumb and arrogant, that's really unbelievable.
1: You know I mean?
0: Arrogant. He's just arrogant for, for the sake of being arrogant. Exactly.
4: Exactly. You know, because uh, you know, I was talking to one of his teammates today, uh, and they were talking about. It's a guy that played in the NFL with the Open Raiders for a long time. He was saying, you know, there, there was a Mexican guy on that team, uh, A.D. You know, you ask A.D. when you talk to him. He knows his name. This guy would have been an NFL quarterback. He was six four, could throw 75 yards, never saw the field, never saw the field. Wow. Why? Because Hayden lived with McKay, you know. And, uh, you know, there was a couple I told you the story. There's so much political crap in life itself. You know, yeah. so, you know, you just have to realize that and learn to accept it. What's the serenity Prayer say? God – Grant me this the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference.
0: You know, absolutely. So absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> well, I, I I know it must be great to be uh, going to the going to the Rose Bowl. It's been a it's been a while since uh, since they were there, and uh, yeah, you're gonna absolutely. have you're gonna have a blast, man.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I I'm sorry you're not. I would get you if if you were around here. I'd get you in there. But you said you're not going to be here, or what?
0: Uh no I won't be I won't be I, I think we I think we don't even get, we get back that day so I don't think because yeah. it's the second isn't it it's it's not the first yeah
4: it's, it's January second so yeah. they don't play on the Sundays are so it's yeah
0: so I I will uh, I will check and get back to you on that but I'm pretty sure we get back that day so I don't think I'm be okay around. but That's I will great. see you next week Bob I doubt, I doubt okay always me. good talking to you Keith you and, too uh, brother keep up the good work God absolutely bless. love love talking to you, brother. you have a good one. Bob Case, everybody, uh, it's always a chance. To, uh, always, we always enjoy a chance to chat with him, and and he's just got so many, uh, gosh, so many stories. He's been around so long and done so many great things with so many different people, and it's always, a, always a lot of fun to chat with. We're going to have Anthony Davis coming up in a few minutes. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, listen to some Carrie Appel. This is uh, don't get used to it, and we'll be back after this.
2: just a girl had to get my way didn't share my toys when you came to play tanning in my two-piece on the beach felt your eyes on me but I was out of To college, flirting in the bars, hitting on frat boys who drove fast cars, long ski weekends on dad's credit card. I pushed you away when things got too hard.
1: To the Talk Story Radio Network. Hello, this is Normandy Wilson, and you're listening to Sleeps World.
2: no one pays for sure.
0: To welcome back to the show our good friend and colleague, five-time national champion, two-time All-American out of USC, great, uh, you know, NFL, CFL, you name it, is uh, the good, the great Anthony Davis. How you doing, brother?
3: Well, I'm awake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's half the battle, right there, man. <laughs> oh, I <knew> it. <laughs> Hey, man. <laughs> so much to talk about, but I want to ask you something first right out of the gate. Uh, we just had uh, Bob Case on the show, and I know you know Bob. And uh, he said uh, when you were playing over at SC, and he couldn't remember the guy's name, but he said you guys had a uh, uh, he, he, uh, a Mexican kid that uh, was playing quarterback that never got the chance to see the field uh, playing behind uh, – Hayden, but he said the guy could launch the ball about seventy-five yards. Said so guy was guys an outstanding athlete.
3: His name was Orlando Levis, and he was a roommate of mine as a freshman. About six-two and a half, about two-fifteen, ran a legitimate four-six forty. Um, uh, unbelievable arm. Could wow. play. Could have started. Could have started anywhere in the country. Anywhere in the country, and and could have been an easy NFL quarterback. Oh. absolutely that's kind of talent they had over there i mean a lot of people questioned the quarterback position anyway when i was there so um yeah, we had mike ray my sophomore year hayden was my junior senior year but of course he could have easily been a starter there and he could have played almost anywhere
1: wow
3: he was that he was that good in my opinion yeah and other people agree and a lot of people agree with me guys who went on to play in the pros like me that played there knew he was that good
0: that's amazing
3: there's You're, no doubt
0: you 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 have said many a time there's just so many so much talent out there in the world and I think you, you used the phrase lots of times you said there's people walking the street that can play in the NFL and it sounds like there's a guy here who who had had, had all the all the uh, all the talent and all the other uh, parts needed to do so
3: well you know even his he invited me to his retirement party uh, I think he was working for the city or what well, I'm not sure but I was at his retirement party. And uh, I actually told a room of 150 people that he could have played, started easily at SC and could have played in the National Football League. It's my opinion. Wow. I mean, you know, somebody said it or not, but that's – and I know some other players on my team that feels the same way. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so, you know, it's like I always – even especially today, even if you thought it was something, then, even today, it was just, it's just unbelievable to, to the pool of people. And I don't even know how people can have – uh that's the reason why we talk about the Patriots and what and how they scout and draft and everything else. They know there's players out there, and like I always go, I'm always come back to it. the fact that Brady was a pick. just sure to tell you the kind of talent that's possibly been out there. It depends on what, it depends on where you go, who drafts you, what kind of system you're in determines how well you might do in, 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 in pro football or in football. Period. And Orlando Lewis was a guy years ago who. I just shook my head. Oh man! I mean, this kid's got to play somewhere. Yeah, he's got to get a shot some kind of way. And I, to t- tell him, I said, I "Man, got to leave, go somewhere." But he, but he, his attitude was, "I want to stay in school, get my education." And that's what he was. That's what he went on and did. Huh. and
0: you now, know, he know, could easily went
3: somewhere else and started.
0: <laughs> that's you know, it's 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 one of those things. You know, like you said, you've you've mentioned lots of times before. You, I've heard you say. When I said, "What well, would you suggest to kids?" You said, "Go someplace that, that's going to provide you the education you want first, and then you can play in, in a system that uh, that works for you second. And 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 and, uh, and it's and it sounds like that's what he did. He uh, well, he, he went to get. The, well, he he, the he, education. He,
3: well, he knew he Well, he knew. Well, he knew he wanted to go to death, So He wanted to be a part of the chosen family. That's what he did. Yeah. And he just wasn't going to go anywhere. I mean, and he could have easily done that. Yeah. You know, in those years, you know, a guy like that, people took him in a heartbeat. Yeah. I mean anywhere. I mean, you know, he was that good. So, but his his mind was set on getting education at s c which it worked out for him. And uh, and that's what I emphasize to you when I talk to parents. Look, have your kid go to school. You think academically first, and then everything goes second. Because anything go wrong, you get injured. A coach can leave. He can make all these promises, but at the end of the day, if they do leave and that cat happens to you, you still got your your education school to fall back on. Yeah. And so that's what I emphasize on it because you know I mean football I mean that can end any minute, one play you're done. And you know the farther you get, that's just a plus. As far as I'm looking back on it and everything, like I always told you, uh, looking back on it, you know, you know, it's it, 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 football and sports is a step. You can have an injury at any given time. That's the reason why you got to have those fallback positions.
0: Right. You know, you mentioned something about, you know, we talk about hey, he could have played anywhere and, and, and this and the other. I'm starting to see more <clears throat> from watching, you know, when I'm watching games and and they'll talk about a guy or something. I'm starting to hear more, and I don't know if I'm just more in tune to it now, but I'm starting to hear more of them saying, oh, this guy was an undrafted free agent. Uh, are, are, are there more undrafted free agents that that are making it into the league now and are getting playing time and, and off not on the practice squad? Or is it uh, – just uh, the talent that's just bringing guys, uh, uh, you know, up, and then giving them the opportunity to do
3: so. Well, first, you know, first, first of all, there's more talent today than ever before. Okay, that's the reason why I say if you don't go to a school that the pros, scouts are really in tune to, like the Alabamas, other Ohio states, other Michigans, the SC, the Stanford's, the you know the Florida states and. And you know, Clemson's and all those kind of people. Those are the those those are the those are the talent bases that they focus on. So a lot of kids get lost under the radar because of that. I mean, they, you know, and, and that's why they become free agents. So therefore, you got to go to school where, where number one they respect the programs. And those those programs that I talked about is that the league really respects those programs. You know, don't get me wrong. There's coaches out there that know what you are doing. Right. It's just that it, there's so much talent. And there's so much stuff you got to pick from. It's like, you know, now I don't know how these guys can scout unless they. Unless Doc I always said he need to go have a seminar with the Patriots because they know how to draft. They know how to pick pre agents and, and incorporate them with the draft, what they got on the existing roster. But even then, they have a tough time because they realize, man, did I get the right guy? There's so much talent out there. And you hear the stories again and after, end, like this one guy who made that interception against Seattle Seahawks that uh, the won the, the Super Bowl for him. The guy was the guy was in a fast food restaurant the year before.
1: Malcolm Brown. <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm, I'm, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. So I mean, so you got to be in a position where you go to a school where you're going to be seen because there's a lot of undrafted talent walking out there. And Pete Carroll is perfect example of that. Uh, Bill Belichick is perfect example of that these guys walking around, you know, undrafted people become Super Bowl people and, and, and placed in, on Super Bowl rosters that become. Incredible players for a team's organization. So, I mean, like I always said, there's plenty of people out there that can play in the league. Yeah. Play in the league. You, you look like Dak Prescott. I mean, you know, this guy was what, what? Fourth round draft choice? This guy should have been in the first round. Based on the, the body of play that he's done within the Dallas organization, he should have been, based on his body of work, he should have been a first round draft choice. He should have been ahead of the guys that win the first the first two picks in my opinion, but then, but then I don't know how Prescott would do in the Philadelphia, the Rams situation, <laughs> or put those other quarterbacks in the same situation. Would they perform like Prescott? If they were Dallas, what they did Because I'm using Prescott as an example because look, he, there's no way nobody even thought he was going to play. Right. Been Tony Romo or nothing. So when he gets hurt, he comes in, boom, he performs the way he did. He blends with veterans. He has Ezekiel, Elliot that is doing what he's doing. And those one-two punches with that offensive line, unbelievable. And it's balanced out everything, the pass game and the run game. So with those guys performing like that, I don't know. But, see, that's that's the reason why. When I look at you, think of Jerry Jones. Wow. I, I, I got to think. If I'm talking to Jerry. Do you think this guy would be able to do what he did based <laughs> on what you have there? I don't think he would. He, he had to say no. Of course he said no. He, he would have to say no. he 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 would have to say no. Oh, you see, so – so I hope this is an example. I hope this is this is this, this teaches people lessons about what can happen if you have a right person in the right situation, right system. That's all it is. Right place, right time, right system. That's it. And I feel great for Prescott. And now guess what? Jerry Jones, you guys, regardless of what happens, his value went up the bigger big, big pain. No, oh, absolutely. Because because he's proving he's, he's you know, that's the way sport is. It's right place, right time. And the injury got him in it just like what happened with Tom Brady. Same thing with him in the Patriots. Same thing happened to him. Six round draft choice, 199 pick, and Prescott the same. same, What he can he do with Brady? Take it all the way to the Super Bowl? We we need to see. But I believe it's going to be. I believe it's going to be the Patriots again in the Super Bowl, and whoever else is in the NFC because that's going to be a tough battle. You got Dallas, you got Seattle, and who who else is in the NFC that can give him a run? But I just think everybody has to go through with the Patriots.
0: You know, what's interesting. Is uh, a lot of this, a lot of times these coaches make some, some very decent decisions. I, I uh, I've seen guys get hurt, and then the, the next quarterback steps up. And I've heard coaches talk about shortening the playbook initially, just so this guy gets comfortable, you know, and the team gets comfortable uh, rallying around the, the guy, especially if he's going to be there two three games in a row. Uh, and by the time he's playing in second or third game, you know they, they're back to the the full playbook, and uh, you know the, the team is starting to rally around the the uh, the backup, and, and sometimes a lot of things start to happen. And that's what you, that's what you see with the with the Cowboys this year.
3: Well, first of all, you you know you don't have you don't have to have a dictionary to, to to win games. I mean, you can have look if you have look if you have the pieces and the right personnel. I mean, you can you can go from end to end, run basic plays. And if you're using, every, if you blame on all some of this, your receivers, your tight end, your running backs, uh, you can win with a simple with, with a simple book. If you got to add some twists, you can do that. I mean, but I don't know what you know. A guy has to learn and digest a whole book. I mean, because you know you got you got a few formations and the plays are off those formations, and uh, and then you know you got to be able to read those defenses, those coverages there, and you got to be able to pre-read. That's fine. I get all of that. But then, in the day, you got to be able to. You can call your players right up line and scrimmage. E with the you can simplify it, it's easy to do that. Look, football is football. I mean, from from the day I played today, it's, it's it's all it's, it's football. You know, in the bottom line, you look at the Dallas Cowboys. We keep using this as a thing based on what they've done. I mean, they got a big offensive line. Is powerful. They can move. They can run. They have great pass blockers. Uh, you can simplify that and you, and you can, you can, you can beat people to death. If you, if you just, they look, the Cowboys beat you up,
1: <laughs> they beat
3: you up. And, 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 and frankly, that's, that, you know, you got to play a power game and after you establish that on the offensive line in the trenches, you can do anything you want, play action, run, throw to your wide receiver. And they got everything, they got all the pieces there, you know, to, to the point where uh, there's Brian is a piece of machine where when Romo was playing with him, he was a, a major piece. But well, he's become part of the of an engine now. There's Dez out there. You you, you have You have all these other players out there. I mean, you got you know you got they got the whole Caballo right now. They got everything going for them.
0: You see that you see that a lot of times with with teams uh, in, in a variety of sports. So the, you know, the, there's the one guy who <clears throat> who always gets the ball, a la Des Bryant, and that's who that's who De, uh, that's who Romo's looking for. The new the new guy steps up and and he's looking uh, at more more people or different people or people he's used to, you know they're not necessarily on the same page with Dez Bryant right out of the gate and it kind of opens up the offense.
3: Well, here it is. Look, you got Dez, you got Whitten, you got you know, all all of the receiver core around all of those two I just mentioned. You got the run game, you got all of that. So therefore, they put they make it where They put the defense on their heels. Okay. What are they gonna do here? You see, you keep them guessing. That's what you need. You don't even put their hair hair back and say, "Okay, here they come." Well, that's what the that's what I see Dallas doing. The only reason why, I, and I believe the reason they lost against the Giants is because it was them. I don't think I'm not taking a lot away from the Giants. They did play a good game, but the bottom line is, if they'd have been on all eight centers, they, they'd beat they'd be beat them. in Giants stadium in that time, but you know that things happen. But the bottom line is, I believe if, if they would play the Giants again, I believe they would beat the Giants. One, but I mean yeah I'm, I'm just I'm just saying the, the Cowboys have all the weapons in sync
0: yeah when you talk you know you mentioned you mentioned Brady you mentioned Belichick uh, and I, I tell you what you, you watch Brady he's got he's had guys go down you know he loses Gronkowski again um, but you know the guy seems to to, to find the find the the, the the person he needs to hit at the time he needs to hit him, uh, regardless of who's in there. And I, I know it's the same thing when Brady went down. When Brady was out for four games, and they went three and one you know, without him. Uh, they seem to be able to keep marching on, even when they have guys go down to injuries or suspensions or concussion protocol or whatever whatever the case may be. They seem to, to keep marching on, even when sometimes they don't look like they're playing their greatest game. They find a way to win.
3: I mean, they're like a motor. have you, you, you alternate everyone out, if yep. your battery ever went dead, you need a spark plug. That's all they're doing replacing that part. And that when they put that part in, they click right in. It's it's, it's like they're like missing part. When they put that part in there, they get in sync real quick, and they and that car runs. That's so that's what the Patriots are, and they've been proving it for 13 years, six Super Bowls and four championships. I haven't seen anything like that. Period. I mean, it's a great team, the Steelers teams, and the Packers teams, you know, uh, Cowboys and. And you name it, but th- they've been the most consistent in history, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you know, you start to listen to every you go you go down the list and go on your way down. Is this a day look when somebody goes down they replace them again? And then another thing is when another when other players other teams come to them, when people think they're washed up and they don't fit in, they flourish in the Patriots. And to me, if I was an organization and other players go to the Patriots, I'd be embarrassed. I would question my judgment of talent, how they, how you pick and choose and draft people based on when they go to the Patriots. Oh. See, that's, that's nothing. See, You see, cause they, that's another piece that they put in that becomes part of something. It's like, I'm going to go back to Corey Dillon, former Cincinnati bingo. Look what he did with the Bengals and versus what he did with the Patriots. One year he led the league in rushing, then the Super Bowl championship. Yeah. He was a key element in them winning the Super Bowl that one year. So, so I mean, that's what they do. Randy Moss, in my way, pound for pound, had his best, best year Outside of some of the Minnesota years, when he when he was with the Patriots, it was just one way of game and have a perfect season.
0: You hear Randy Moss talk about playing with with uh, Brady. Uh, he he loved playing with Brady. He loved 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 playing with Brady.
3: Well, I I'd have stayed in a couple more years and see what what could have <laughs> happened. But you know, I think it was time. It was time for him to move on. So, yeah. but you know, it's, not, it's nothing to sneeze at. He had a great career. Yeah. But I, but I, but I always in in seeing no one, and I always preach. I always preach the Patriots to everyone. I said, "Look, you all need to go up and have a seminar with Bill Belichick, and his system and his people, and talk about how they draft and scout people, because something's missing. How come they're so consistent versus everyone else? So, you know, there's some, you know, there, there's Mike Thomas, some of the Steelers. You know, you, you got you got all this, a few other players. But but my 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 three people are Belichick, P. Carroll." Thomasson, and, and and that's about it i mean you know <laughs> you know i mean you know because i mean because sure they got the piece they got the great quarterback rophensburg brady you then you got russell wilson but i mean it's the whole organization how they draft and scout and look at talent i mean you know they're, they're, they're constantly there look pittsburgh's always knocking the door patriots are always there seattle's always knocking at the door yeah. you see and then, and and and, and, so, and we're and we're talking about one NFC NFC team and two AFC teams, and and to me, my hat goes off to of those guys. And, and you, don't get me wrong, there's some great coaches around, but it's the, the some of the pieces, in my opinion, are not always there. These guys make sure their pieces are there to always make the playoff and the Super Bowl run.
0: So you said Carol Belichick and Thomas. So you've taken Fisher off your list, is what you're telling me. <laughs>
3: I, I can't, you know, I can't really speak. You know, I've seen him with the with the with the Titans and with the Rams, and uh, I saw him with Vince Young, and, and so I mean, a lot of the stuff comes back when people get fired like that. A lot of things come back to haunt and people start questioning. us. So, "Well, is that the guy that had Vince Young? We had a great college year and went to Tennessee, and, you know." And Steve McNair is probably the only successful quarterback, but a lot of people are saying now they should have won with Steve McNair even better. So I mean, uh, a lot of things pop up. So hey. He should count as blessing. He's had a run as a coach as long as he have, because a lot of guys will never got them shots well, of opportunity I think, So I, think,
0: I mean, the Rams did him a disservice because he was two losses away from being the all time losingest coach in history, and 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 now he's 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 still holding second place. Man, that's just wrong. Oh <laughs> god. Oh, god.
1: Well, I don't know.
3: Besides, this, I don't know if it's organizational, is it him, or did he really want to draft golf? Did whatever? And I just think like, remember I told you, earlier, I said you know. I told you that Rams were going to be struggling because, hey, number one, outside of football, these guys are looking for homes. They're trying to move their families. You know, they're trying to restructure and settle everybody. I think that was a major distraction. They had, like, two what, two different training camps or whatever. They're not they guys are not settle.
1: Yeah.
3: And that's very tough to be a professional. I have you have families and stuff like that. And I don't know if I heard, I don't know if this is true or not, but I knew one guy was contemplating a retirement because he didn't want to move his family. So I don't know how true that is. But, uh uh, but I'm, I'm just saying, you, it's, it's a lot of factors on why I believe the Rams are not on the winning track because there's a lot of distraction off the field.
1: Yeah.
3: You know, so, I mean, I mean I'll mean, do you know, some credit to Jeff Fisher, but um that's a tough situation to be in, you know, because I know the last guys ain't totally, totally focused. You know, guys getting traded and you're relocating a whole entire franchise coming to LA from St. Louis. I mean that's that that that's that, that's a that's a major social and business shock, you know. So, you and still, but people look at it; they're professionals. So what? Get it? Get it? Look over it. Then a lot of people started, you know, uh, uh, criticizing the Rams and not putting the number one draft pick pick overall. Hey, let him learn. I mean, that's what you're paying the money for. Right. And if it's a bus, it's a bus. So you're yeah. hearing all kind of criticism after the man who's been fired from the team. So yeah,
0: I wish of, him the best. Yeah, that always happens. Well, while we're still in the Rams, I, I you know, I tell you, I watch a lot of these uh, shows on the NFL Network, and I was watching uh, a, a football life uh, this past week, and uh, it was about Kevin Green, and, and I remember him playing, uh, he played after you, after you'd retired, but uh, the guy was just an outstanding ball player, and, and I, I, you know, I, I don't think I really uh, appreciated how good of a ball player he was when uh, when he was playing, because I, I remember him with the, the 49ers and with the Rams. But when they, you know, you see the totality of uh, what he did, and you know now he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, pretty amazing ball player.
3: Well, I mean, you like I said, if you're not winning championships, sometimes you can get buried. If you know, if you're not a household name, I mean, guys like you and not understand the game and know kind of players are out there. Yeah, he's one of the top players in the league. Yeah. If not one of the best. Yeah. I mean, he was one of, the, you know, he had his position at the time, pound for pound, he was right there with the top players at the time. So you know, and, and he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Now, you now if he'd have been one of the, the championship teams at the time, you'd hear more about him. Right. But, but, but the bottom line is he's in the Hall of Fame, and and, and his colleagues understood how Brady, how good he was. And you go in the Hall of Fame, you know, you, you know, uh, you've done accomplished a lot of different things in, in the league while you were playing.
0: He uh, he got some pretty good props from. Uh, God, uh, Jackie Slater. Jackie Slater had some great things to say about him, and and you know you you know the great Jackie Slater says great things about you. You must you must have earned him.
3: Well, well, Jackie been played twenty years. He hasn't seen everybody. Yeah, I was there with Jackie in the little short time I was with the Rams, and all the way up to you know the great Eric Dickinson and Kevin Green. So. Uh, he saw all of them. Yes, he, he saw all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's Grandpa Slater.
0: <laughs> he saw everything. <laughs> he, he was too big
1: yeah, to yeah. call
0: grandpa, but uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, he
3: blocked for me and Walter Payton. So, I mean, uh, he he had some great runners. He, you know, he, he blocked for collegially and professionally.
0: You know that's that that brings to mind interior lineman. Uh, you know we, we, we you know this is a, I think Brady turns forty next year. Uh, twenty years in the NFL, twenty years in the t- trenches, man. Uh, do you think you're going to see um, see that anymore? Uh, other than you know a kicker or maybe a quarterback? I mean, but right right in the trenches, well, running running backs, interior let, linemen, linebackers. You
3: no, know, let me say this to you. You know we're going to a subject that we're going to talk about later, but. With this concussion stuff and what's going on, you're not going to see guys 20 years now because now, you know, everybody's saying, you play too long, you can't play that long. You might, you might not. Now, you got Tom Brady talking about, he's, he's a freak, he's a freak of nature. The fact, he's 39 years old, still throwing the ball. And here he is, they're going to go to the playoffs and compete for another, a possible another Super Bowl champion. I mean, he, he's one of the rarest the rare. Now You know, George Blander did it with the Raiders and stuff. But yeah. the bottom line is, I don't know if the guy, how long the guy has, but if he can stay, stay mobile and stay strong at top based on what he's been anywhere over the years, Hey, he could play another five years. But, but, you know, the thing is he's subject to a serious collision, a serious injury, a serious head collision and a serious injury. And that goes for anybody, you know? So I don't think I frankly think where, where the league is going, and in football, I don't think you're going to see 15, 20-year guys playing just based on liability and, and the potential injuries. I mean, so, and, and you know, you, you're playing that long. Uh, I don't see it. But, I mean, if you do accomplish that, that will be a faith in that kind of game. That's a very physical game. Yeah. And anybody can last past five years, they're doing great. But you're talking about 15, 20 years? That's amazing. And Jackie's walk around here like nothing. He hasn't missed a
0: beat. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you.
1: <laughs>
3: I mean, you know, I mean, you got, you know, you got joint injuries. You got, you know, you got knees, you got shoulders, yeah. you got neck, you got head injuries, you got, you got everything to look at. And, and the, most, and the most, uh, most critical one is, is, is the concussion. So I don't know uh, how long a guy can play. And I think I think eventually, you know, they're gonna start scanning these guys more than they do. You know. So It's
0: interesting. I don't
3: see I don't see fifteen, twenty years. I don't even know how they can do it. Even if they're able and capable of doing it, I don't know how to, how that's gonna happen. Yeah. I could be totally wrong. I could be talking nonsense, but I I can't see, you know, down the road people playing fifteen years, twenty years. I can't see that.
0: It's 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 tough, man. I mean, you, you wake, waking up. And
3: then and then also then also it it it, it varies from position to position. Right. Quarterback And quarterback, of course, I can see it because you're not getting hit like everybody else. But in they're attacking, they're not taking so much headshots. But you know, I don't see it because I saw the hits that, that Cam Newton took this year, Carson Palmer, uh, Andrew Luck. I mean, how many times you can take shots like you just can't do it. I mean, even though he's a quarterback. And like I've always tell people, even now, just with with, with the collisions like that, uh, you know, the thing is, if you don't, if you don't start treating your brain, your brain will die. Yeah. So if you're gonna play the game, you got to treat the brain. If you don't treat the brain, your brain will die. <laughs> that's
0: so true. Got a little
3: rhyme there, but but <laughs> so but, but 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 so that's why I advocate. That while you're playing, you need to be on a program that the, that the, that the aiming clinics talk about doing while you're playing. And when you get out of the game, so I don't see a lot of guys playing uh, those many years.
0: Let's talk about uh, something else I, I saw this week, and this is more, This is going back to the uh, the collegiate level. Um, right, they were saying that uh, one of the, well, the one of the, the biggest name I think was uh, McCaffrey. Is sitting out the bowl, right. the bowl game. They were saying a lot of these a lot of these guys, not a lot, but several uh, guys who expect to be decent uh, draft picks are sitting out sitting out the bowl games. What are your thoughts on that?
3: Well, I mean, you know, in somebody's case, it's like you need to say every game so everybody can see what you do. I mean, you might do something in a bowl game that'll wake up a scout's attention or whatever, but. The way the game is today, and the way free moves, and how people draft now—I don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, what else does McCaffrey have to prove, or, or a guy like the, the other guy? What's the guy' named what's his name? And can't misplace yeah, his name. Uh, Perez. Yeah, Perez. For Perez. For, for um, in their particular situation, I would do it. They have nothing else to prove. I mean, he's going to be two of the top runners. And then, especially with uh, McCaffrey, the one he's going to be the best all-around so-called player coming out. So, uh, I have it, is, against is that. It, I, it, don't fall, it, I don't, I don't, don't, I don't fault them. I don't fault them for not uh, for sitting out. Does I it put your school taught,
0: and your team down? Now, I mean, you know, in the big well, scheme of things.
3: Hey, well, I mean, you got to remember, man. Everything's going toward the business now. You know, that's how they're doing it. I mean, they're, they're okay. promoting. Uh, you know, this stuff. So, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you know, if – if uh what are you going to tell the NFL? Hey, you know, if this guy sits out, he's not getting drafted. I mean, there's yeah. two different endings, The collegiate level and this – I mean, yeah, a lot of people say, well, uh yeah, you let your teammates down. And I thought about that too as well. But the bottom line, at the end of the day, okay, if he gets hurt, is those teammates going to take care of, take care of him? So I mean, you gotta look at it that way, and everything has changed. I mean, it's not like it was back in my day. I mean, you just you know you had to play for your team. Uh, the only thing is, these guys, you uh, know, the schools gotta look at it because they got scholarship. right? And they and they got to perform based on the scholarship. So if the school says, "Hey, if you do that, you might lose the rest of your scholarship," and you can you go to school and finish somewhere else. I mean, because because. They were based, It was based on them coming to school, LSU and Stanford, respectively. Right. But those two that go under the football scotch, and you're going to finish your student athletics here, and you're just not going to use this school as a prompt because you don't want to play anymore because you want to preserve yourself in the NFL draft. Now, will, will school, the school step and say, hey, uh, 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 will you have to play or not? You ain't, you're not going to finish your last semester here? I don't know.
1: Well,
3: I don't know if the school's policy would be on that. Right. Cause I mean, I haven't heard that. This is the first time I've ever heard something like two guys sitting out like that, not performing. Now I can see, I can see not performing in uh, one of these like hula bowls or senior bowls or whatever. Now some the marginal guys, need, yeah, exactly. No, I can see them in mean, some 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 borderline guys that need to be seen. You need you, you you need to go to that because based on how everybody's and you, and you get you get lost and you get lost in the shuffle. You need to go perform those way. But these guys have been on the natural scene so long, and everybody knows what they can do. That's the reason why they're doing that. And somebody's advising them not to do that. Right. But what is this? How does the NC two A seven say? Hey, look, you can't. You know, what if everybody did that? What if all the top players did that? you won't have no bowl game. You won't have no draw. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, if if if, if
3: if if like if every if, if every top ball player say, hey, I'm not playing and performing. That's then you know you have a problem because these people are coming to see these guys play.
1: Right, absolutely. Now,
3: so now I know I know LSU Tigers and the Stanford Cardinals want to go see McCaffrey and Fred play. Now I already know that. I know some fans are disappointed that the fact that time they're going to sit out. I think some of them think they're just selling a team job by doing that. Well, hey, that's what that's what that's what capitalism does to people. Hey, I'm looking out for me.
1: Yeah.
3: Now, how does the schools? How does the university step in and say, okay, look, if you do this. You, you you're done for you're done with the school because you it, it was president it was predicated on you coming to school being a student athlete and we and we and we provided a platform for you too to get where you are so it's a tough decision so I, I think eventually schools are going to step and say you, you know you, you're going to finish your whole your whole eligibility here whether you can come out as a junior you're going to finish that year who knows they might they might make a ruling on that who knows.
0: It, it it's 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 interesting. I mean, it's something that uh, you know. Want, you know, I, I want to see what happens with it. I mean, you know, like has gone to the Rose Bowl. What if you know, uh, you know, you got you got some 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 marquee players there. They don't. What if they decide they don't want to play? Then, uh, like you say, fans pay a lot of money to go a lot of these games, and and sure, and, and I get it. And I, I get it. They're student athletes. Um, but it's just like the pros. I mean, you know, you, you, you when people start talking about sitting out players because we've already clinched their playoff spot and stuff like that, you know, people don't like that. People like to see uh, see the people they come to see.
3: Sure. Yeah, yeah but see, you know, they're paying NC2A, but they're not paying the players. You got a whole another can of worms there. That's right. You guys are watch it. I, I keep playing. You know, I'm not getting anything out of it. And I have an opportunity to make millions of dollars over here, and I'm one of the top players in the country. I mean, I can get hurt, and boom, what happens to me? Well, they just let me finish my education. Okay, fine, you can do that. But the catch-22 is, will they allow them to keep going to school and quit? Cause, so basically, you're quitting, so therefore you can quit and still go back to school? Or what are you doing? Are they going to allow you to come back and finish up your school, or do you have to pay to go back to school? So it's, it, there's some you know, some things where they allow you to come back, or will they let you come back unless you're just a regular person on the street, that you have to pay for your education from that, that point on.
1: You know, it makes so it, it, it's,
3: it's, it's it's a lot of gray area there. I mean, you know, they got to decide what they're going to do with these players. Guys like that of a, a, a top-notch talent coming out in the draft, you're going to see more of it. Trust me, you'll see more of it.
1: Well, my
0: question is, let's 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 take it a step further. Say you have a, a, a guy who's getting a lot of talent, getting a lot of press, getting a lot of uh, attention, and they're not going to a bowl game. Uh, They already see that they're out of it with two games left in the season. Uh, Who's to say a guy says, "You know what? I'm not going to play the last game or last two games. I've got my potential getting hurt, Uh, and I'm I'm sure to to be drafted. I'm sure to be, you know, have an opportunity." We're not going to go anywhere anyway. Uh, uh, You know, I I could see where it goes beyond bowl games.
1: Well,
3: that's what decision they have to make. I mean, if you got an injury, you take like Miles Jack, who's projected to be a top player until he got injured yeah he just just he just stopped playing at ucla and waited for the draft and and then who knows i mean he he was a junior i think he was a junior he would have been a junior that he did if i was i stayed in school but he came out projected that he would be one of the top players and he's at jacksonville now so i don't know how well he's doing so he quit and waited on got ready and plus, he had, you know, he had a Lloyd's of London. Honestly, he had a Lloyd's of London insurance policy, which he got paid for that, which was a smart move by his family.
1: Yeah.
3: And then he, he got that money, and then he just waited for the for the NFL draft and started training for the draft. So that was a smart move on his on his part. But but injury did that to him. And what right, these man. guys don't want to happen, what these guys don't want to do is that is that is uh, they don't want to get injured. Now, I'm going to see if guys, families, people, these players players now are hey, able, they're going to take these policies out on these guys in just case they get injured. Um, you can see that down the road, too. But it depends on what kind of player in the high, what, what top-notch player are they talking about. Now, McCaffrey and Ferret is, is perfect for that. But, but their choices, they're not going to play. Yeah. Now, the university's got to step in and say, well, how do we do, combat this? How, you know what? What? what do, how do we implement a new policy of, of guys trying to quit and not even play because they're worried about the NFL draft? Whether, whether or not the bowl is important or not, you know, if they say, "Look, you got to finish out what we gave you a sculpture for. If not, you're done at the school."
0: I think what and, that's, gonna... and
3: that's pretty much what Miles Jack did. He was injured, but he but he he stopped going to UCLA. Yeah, he didn't go.
0: I think what you're going to see is. Uh... Having got, you know, they're going to make these guys probably sign something that says that uh, if you if you quit at a certain point, uh, you might owe part of that scholarship back.
3: Maybe. Well, then you never know. Or they say you can drop it right to that point. Then if you want to continue from, continue on, you got you allow you have to pay for it yourself. That can happen. Right. You know, I mean, you know, they can implement anything they want. I don't know about them trying to get them to pay for that scholarship because. As long as they keep going, they go register for their classes, they, they start paying for that class. Other than what, uh, what other, they would say, uh, well, uh, you need to start paying for your own education except if you want to finish out at LSU, respectively, in Stanford. So th- I believe that's what will happen based on what these guys are. And I could be totally wrong. They say, hey, come on back. You've done the great for us, and you can still maintain and get your education. And you still Who knows? They might say that, but I doubt it.
0: Yeah, it depends. I think
3: LSU is very disappointed. I think LSU is disappointed. I think Stanford disappointed. Yeah, but hey, that's the t- that's what it is—the day and the time of big-time college football and big-time money. That's what it is. They're looking out for their future and family.
1: Absolutely.
0: Talking about bowl games, uh, we had a couple last week. Uh, uh, you know, uh, but we, we, the interesting thing is, is people who win and the people who they're beating. Uh, as it pertains to what you and I have talked about so many times as far as coming up with a national champion. Uh, we saw San Diego State uh, trounce, trounce, I believe, Houston, wasn't it, uh, last week? Yeah. Um yes. And, and Houston, had, who did they beat earlier in the season? Um,
3: Houston beat Louisville.
0: Louisville. Um, and it kind of goes to show, like you said, without a, without a real playoff system, uh, because anybody can beat anybody on a certain certain day certain day of the week uh without a real playoff system and you have guys handpicked by 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 humans uh, as opposed to what happened on the field uh, somebody's got to feel slighted
3: well absolutely i mean you, you don't think that that you, you, you don't think that agree you you don't think that committee's in this well wait a minute look what happened San Diego State with a good little guy all time leading russia n c t way Beat Louisville, beat, beat Houston, who beat Louisville. I mean, come on, you know people, and you know everybody in the country was frowning on that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and, and what conference did the San Diego State play in? And that's another conference. I mean, that's a, that's a conference they don't even believe in. Yeah. But that team beat beat Houston. Now either, either they're either they're down and out because their, their coach left and went to Texas or whatever. But that's beside the point. They beat Houston, who beat Louisville, who was once in the top five. So you go figure that one out. And I can tell you, and I can tell you that San Diego Diego State coaches, and you know something? Something's wrong with the system. We beat Louisville. No, we beat Houston, and and Houston beat Louisville. So something's wrong with the system. The system's flawed. And here's another thing. Here's another thing. I love SC, and I'm glad SC's in the Rose Bowl. But if you really lay everything out based on the way stuff is, Penn State should be in the playoffs. OK, right. Colorado and Washington played for the Pac-12 championship. OK, Colorado won the Pac-12 South and Washington won the Pac-12 North. A lot of people are saying Colorado should be in the Rose Bowl. Based on the championship of the Pack of, of the Pac-12 South and Washington being in the, in the Pac-12, in the Pac won the Pac-12 North, and they're playing for the playoffs, the national cha- the national championship against this, uh, Alabama. Well,
0: that only makes sense. So I can, you, you both, I
3: can see both. I can see both. I can see both sides. I do think SC's a better team, and I think the people from Penn State coming here just think, okay, we're going to Rose Bowl, great traditional bowl, whatever. But I can tell you, there's a lot of people coming here because I've already talked to some. And said, "The Rose Bowl is great, but we should be in it for the playoffs because we, we beat Ohio State head up. What's wrong with that pitcher? I said, "It's messed up everywhere," because if I was Colorado, and based on the way it was set up, we should be in the Rose Bowl.
0: Well, like you said, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I am a, a SC fan. I'm happy to see him in the Rose Bowl. But if you look at it objectively, uh, Washington and Colorado played for the for the Pac-12 championship. Washington got picked up to go to the, to the, in, the in the top four for the uh, for the national championship, which means then Colorado should be representing the Pac-12 in the Rose Bowl. It, it just only makes sense, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, and
3: you know, and, and, and then then also when you just summer business, man, and when you think about business, uh, Pasadena's losing out all the surrounding because Colorado's going to travel well, and, and Penn State's going to travel well. Yeah. And State's gonna travel well. And it, Okay. You see, so 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 the bottom line is uh I'm glad to see S C in the Rose Bowl, but the but but the system's flawed. I mean I just you know, I, I, I know I know that it looks better for S C to be in the Rose Bowl because traditionally we've always S C's been in there. I played in three, a lot of people playing it, and in the fact it's right in their backyard but it is what it is.
0: Uh, As yeah, they, 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 they played they, Rose Bowl so often, it should, it, it's funny seeing UCLA, you call that their home, their home field. <laughs> right, right.
1: So,
3: so, I'm, so, so I'm hearing it from everybody. I'm hearing it from Colorado. I got, a, we got We got a guy that we work with in real estate who went to Colorado. He said, what's wrong with that picture? He said, you know, you know, we stunk it up against Washington, but yet still, we won the Pac-12 South. <laughs> I said, well, you're absolutely right. You did Based on the system, but the better team was SC. Oh, but yeah, the better team was SC. They
0: beat, they beat. No their... doubt.
3: Matter of matter, matter of fact, SC probably can beat most anybody in the country based on the what they're playing to tell in the season. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, but but the way the system's set up, the way the system's set up, that's what happens. And they wow. beat and The Penn State beat at Ohio State head on. Yeah. Something. I what's wrong with that? I mean, a committee's gonna pick to put 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 them in there at number three. That's crazy.
0: SC, so I don't I don't get it.
3: SC I just don't get
0: it. Why the right,
3: absolutely. Washington. They 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 dominated him. Yeah. In their house.
0: Yeah. You know, the thing and is, so you know when you, go ahead. when you when you when you rely on uh, so other people for your destiny, that's where that's where it all falls apart. And they needed SC needed somebody at, uh, to beat Colorado at the end of the season. Right. Uh, Utah I think it was. That's it. And, and that that was, the, that was the bad thing about it.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, they didn't like you said. They didn't control their own destiny. They had to depend on somebody else to determine what they do. You know, they finished. They finished what ten and three. Is that right? Yeah. They finished ten and three, and the thing is, but they didn't win anything. They didn't win the championship. They didn't. Pay, they didn't play for the championship and stuff like that.
0: Right. Right. Well, there's like you said, and you've said this for years, and, and and you've been you've been spot on on this. The the system is flawed. It's been flawed. Uh, even the changes they've they've tried to tweak have not improved it any, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and I think they need to figure out a way to make this a real playoff system where you have winners of conferences uh, playoff, and and then you end up with your national champion.
3: Absolutely. Well, you 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 look at what, what Western Michigan, whatever that school is, and up there in that conference. Yeah. Uh, look, they're undefeated. You can say whatever you want about them. People will leapfrogging them because the committee thought they were weak and couldn't beat anybody anyway. But but then my point is, look what San Diego State did to Houston. Who beat exactly. Louisville?
0: Exactly.
3: So, so 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 I mean so so what do you do? You leapfrog them when they're undefeated, like Alabama. You can say what you want about Alabama, and but the problem is they should be playing for the national title or be in the run for that or be in the top 10. They're not even in the top 10. No. So you can't tell me, you can't tell me them players and them, that coach or the coaches on that team didn't feel that they should have been even higher. So, so something's wrong. So, I mean, you figure it out. If they're not that good, you'll find out with a full fledged playoff system. If San Diego's not that, San Diego State's not that good, you'll find out in a full fledged playoff system. Not some people sitting around a table saying, "Well, I think this guy should do this." And as long as it's going to be a beauty pageant for what it is, well, this guy's prettier than me, and he's prettier than them. And he's this and that, but he's bigger and what he's bigger and faster. Than the schedule's weak, you know. You know the point spread was not off. Hey, I me, mean, as long as you have a, a as long as you having a beauty pageant. You ain't gonna have a true champion. No, that's all. And, and, and folks, listen to me. You talk. You listen to a five-time national champion, and I'm advocating this. Okay, anybody that, that doesn't believe what I'm talking about, you're smoking something you need to get your head examined because something's wrong with that. You got all these crazy, you know, sports guys on television bloviating about something when it ain't no deep down that on any given day somebody can beat you,
1: yep. and it was
3: proven with San Diego State and Houston. And who's to say who's to say that, that 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 Michigan, that team up, that team that went, went is undefeated, can be one of the top five teams? Oh, so, I mean, you you just you just never know. You
0: don't know, and we'll never know because they they didn't they don't put them in any, in a situation to to prove themselves.
3: Absolutely, they can figure it out. They can start. They can develop a They can start playing the game in late August and figuring everybody's worrying about classrooms on stupid. Someone figure it out. Mm-hmm. MC Two A is big money. It's money. It's all about the dollars. You know, it's just like pro football. It's all about the money. You know what I mean? So so this stuff about, you know, kids in school and stuff like that. And and hey, as far as I'm concerned, if, if, if when they don't have a full fledged club, there's no really true, in my opinion, no true national title. Because it it has been proven time and time again. And if San Diego State don't open up wake like up People's Monday don't and if that, that that Michigan team is undefeated and people leapfrogging them, that's a that's flawed.
1: Yeah.
3: I mean, even SC jumped to leapfrog them.
1: <laughs> and, but, 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 but,
3: but, don't, but don't get me wrong. I believe SC is a better team, but the system makes it flawed. Yes. Of course, SC, to me, was the hottest team in the country. I believe on any given day, SC could beat anybody based on what they were doing. But so, see, when you, so, when you uh, have
0: the system established the way it is, no matter what happens, it's always going to be questioned. You know, if 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 Western, sure. Western Michigan with their thirteen and zero whatever uh, record uh, played in a full fledged playoff against somebody and they they lost or won, it'd be settled. But when because they because they absolutely there's, it's not going to be settled. People are always going to wonder. You know,
3: absolutely, absolutely. So I mean, you know, a lot of people think here is Anthony Davis is confrontational, rebel, controversial. Hey. Well, that's I guarantee all true. you. I, 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 That's true. That's okay. But I guarantee you. Well, hey, you can't get any worse than Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you see, you know, you see. I mean, let me tell you something. The system. The, the the system made Trump. If you don't like Trump, you should. You should have never did what you've been doing. You should. You should have been using doing politics to what he's doing now. So the bottom line is, if you, if you want to keep people's mouths shut like mine, change the system. <laughs> It's flawed. It is flawed. It's flawed. It's 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 flawed. I mean, you can say whatever you want. And any coach in America, they'll sit back and say, oh, I'm really happy with you. You're full of it because on any given day, you guys are competitors, and you want to put your guys up against my guy. Big men against big men, wide receivers against wide receiver, DBs against them, running backs versus running back. That's what you want to see, okay? Offensive coordinator versus other uh, offensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator versus – that's what you want to see. That's how you determine the game. Right. The chess game of playing football, the human element. Not somebody sitting in some room drinking coffees and eating cookies and stuff, talking about, well, I think so-and-so is Forget that. And half of them don't have a clue anyway.
1: <laughs>
3: sitting around boviating about something, and they know it's flawed.
0: Absolutely. Isn't it
3: amazing, Isn't it amazing how people like to bloviate and <laughs> then nothing gets done? <laughs> <laughs>
0: It it, just—it seems to uh... have—and you know—and you know—and I
3: I understand—you know—these people. Dan is—is great and is lively, and they love what they do and they love the game of football. But come on, you know—I mean, don't don't insult folks' uh, intelligence about that. You know, I mean, you know, I just like—can you imagine the NFL having something like that? Well, I oh think Steelers God. are better than so and so. That'd be crazy. <laughs> and so, I mean, so, so I mean, we, we we all know basically traditionally the strongest conferences—you got to base everything around all of them. But so, you got to incorporate all the rest of these conferences. Former Wild could do—they you, you, can do it. They can figure it out. Yeah,
0: they absolutely can, and uh, it, it's all better if they want to, and and uh, there's a whole lot of money involved also uh but i think i think the money would be actually better for them if they actually did a real, a real full-fledged playoffs NCAA, because we've seen you and i have talked about this we've seen these bowl games with nobody in the stands and so that's a losing, that's a losing proposition right then right there you know so
3: absolutely yeah it's Absolutely.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: somebody's getting paid, I mean somebody's getting money somewhere. But you know, yes we have seen empty seconds. You know, these and these these fan bases love their teams. Yeah. And if they feel that they, my team has a shot at a national championship, then they will travel well. That's any that's any loyal fan anywhere in America. You know, so don't don't give me that. Yeah. Don't give me that. Can you imagine can you imagine Western Michigan could be playing uh, Alabama for the national championship. You know what that do for that university. You know, you know what that do for, for viewership and what people do. Is, is it possible they can beat me? Who knows? Anything can happen. Like they said years ago, man, can Boise State beat beat, beat Oklahoma? Look what happened.
0: <laughs> they beat them. Yes, yes, yes. Indeed, they did. <laughs> you see, so you know,
3: you, people can say whatever you want about me, but I'm, I'm telling the truth. Because I've talked to many coaches that would never talk about it that agree that agrees with me they agree with that oh
0: without a doubt. i think I, you know i think most people do i think i think most players would agree with you i think most fans would agree with you i think most coaches would agree with you i think the only people who don't agree with you are the people on the committee and they probably agree with you too if you got them behind closed doors
3: absolutely it's a beauty pageant man it's a beauty pageant you know it, it, that's all it is for you kids going to school don't look for a true nasty. just all you if you're good enough work hard, play hard, get your education, and, and if you've got the time to go to the next level, that, that's when you're going to get a true playoff.
1: Yep.
3: Playing in the National Football League. Or either playing in the, mother, the little lower divisions that have a true playoff and, and, and the Division One doesn't have it. I don't get it. Division Two and One has it.
0: A.D., <laughs> Kickoff Concussion, How the Notre Dame Killer Recovered His Brain. Man, that's your book. Uh, it tells you your story. Tell us a little bit about that.
3: Well, the book's doing fine, and uh, matter of fact, I was with Dr. Amen tonight discussing it, and, and uh, we were talking about how uh, the program needs to be implemented in collegiate and professional football. And my whole thing is, you know, implement the program. People need to come to the aiming clinics, uh, read my book, and they talk about a lot of different things. We're talking about, you know, implementing the program because listen, as great as that game is, it's a dangerous game, and uh, we all we would like to do at the aiming clinics. Is uh, uh, implement a program to print, and far as I'm concerned, he has the most comprehensive program in the country. And I just like to see a roundtable with with people, especially in the National Football League, especially in in a and stuff, and in deal with the program that he, he is he's implicated. And I'm the living proof of it. I've been working with him for almost ten years now, and I'm I've been working and treating myself for all those years, and I can tell you, I've had tremendous results. And all I'm trying to do is reach out to all my colleagues, former NFL players, and even current players, to contact the Aiming Clinics and start discussing it. Because I can tell you, if you don't start treating your brain now, you're gonna have serious complications down the road. Yeah, some less, some more than other guys. So that's so that's the, that's the point I'm trying to. I want you to read the book. Uh, if you got any questions, you can contact me at the Aiming Clinics. You know, www.aimingclinics.com. And you get a hold of me. and
1: Excellent.
3: You get a hold of anybody there and you can discuss it.
0: Excellent. A D, it's always a pleasure, man. And uh it's always fun to chat about this stuff and, and, and we're gonna solve the world's problem sooner or later, man, the two of us. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we can we can <laughs> hey we can try, but I'm telling you, it's uh it's uphill battle, but uh, you know, but it's okay. That's okay.
0: Absolutely, brother. Well, hey, you have a hey, you have a great Christmas, and and we'll chat with you again in, uh, real soon, man. All
3: right, thank you. Take care.
0: Take care, brother. Anthony Davis, everybody, the great Anthony Davis, and it's always a pleasure to have a chance to chat with him, as well as uh, Bob Case. We want to thank them both for being on the show tonight. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, I will be co-hosting with Xander Gibb on Xrad Daily. That uh, you can check that on Facebook Live as well as Blog Talk Radio. Uh, x rad daily and that's at uh 5 p.m pacific that's 8 p.m on the uh east coast there and we want to thank everybody for tuning in as always dream as if you'll live forever live as if you'll die today good night all we're gonna get out of here and uh we'll be again next week hopefully so there you go
1: The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.